Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, this is Kat Leone of Holy Wars, and you're listening to Beyond the Voice Club on the Consequence Podcast Network. I really like it when a band totally switches up their sound, so you just have no idea how to define it. And that's the case with Holy Wars. The band features vocalist Kat Leon and guitarist producer Nick Perez. And when I listen to their music over the years, it's heavy, but it's kind of alternative. I don't know, like, it's just really hard to categorize exactly what they sound like, but they sound good. And they're one of the big up and coming bands of the minute. They recently signed a pale chord where they join a huge roster of other artists such as Spirit Box, Thousand Below, and Harper. So they are one of the big names to look for the next few years. Kat is amazing because she's not only a songwriter for Holy Wars, but she's also a video director and costume designer. So she pretty much does it all. And Kat is the guest on this episode of Beyond the Boys Club. Hey, if you don't subscribe to the podcast yet, shame on you. Why don't you do it right now? Just search Beyond the Boys Club with Ann Erickson wherever you listen to podcasts. Hit subscribe and just like that, you'll be instantly notified of the next show so you don't miss a beat. All right, Kat has a very interesting story about how she got into music and how she met Nick, who is not only her musical partner, but also her relationship partner. And I'm dying to know about kind of the dynamic between them and what it's like making music with your significant other. So lots of other stuff to talk about, like her journey into music as a woman and what was the moment that she felt that confidence that she had what it took to do this at a professional level. By the way, one more thing I want to let you know about. This month, we're on a mission to spread the word about the Beyond the Boys Club podcast far and wide, and you are our secret weapon. If you love our show as much as we love bringing it to you, we need you to hop over to Apple Podcast, hit the follow button, and leave us a positive review. Not only is it quick and easy, it's a great way to show your support, and it also gives you a chance to win some exclusive Consequence merch, which is extra awesome. Just head to the link in the show notes and submit your info along with a screenshot of your review. We'll be shouting out our winners in December, so make sure to follow and review soon. Thank you for all of your support and help making the Beyond the Boys Club podcast grow. You rock. Let's get into it. It's Kat from Holy Wars. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, you're amazing because you're not only the songwriter in Holy Wars, but you're also costume designer, video director. You just do it all. So you're just amazing. I'm wondering, first of all, when it comes to music, when did you first kind of fall in love with music and decide that you wanted to pursue it? Oh, wow. Well, I was very young, but I didn't want to pursue it then. I fell in love with music. I mean, my parents, they 
kind of raised me on like 50s and 60s. And I think I was listening to Janis Joplin before I ever even really was listening to 80s and 90s. So I, I kind of went backwards before I caught up to like even the generation that I grew up in. Music has always been such a huge part of my life. I was a dancer first and I started dancing on stage competitively even at like five years old. So I've always had music in my life. And then middle school was when I had a best friend who was going to Broadway because on the East Coast, that's kind of what you did if you were into music. And they kind of threw you in theater because that's there wasn't a lot of punk bands or anything of the sort back where I grew up. So yeah, I, I, I wanted to be like her. <laughs> and then I decided to go into piano lessons and vocal lessons. And I did those musical theater route. So I had to learn about costuming and doing your own makeup. So it was very DIY the way I grew up in it. And then I moved to California with my family. I was dating somebody who was in a band and I've always been musical, but he was like, oh, rock music and, you know, that kind of world. So I think it was in that time of my life that I was going out to shows. And I just remember feeling so envious that I, I like, I couldn't do that. And I was looking at, you know, from songwriters that are just like a singer, songwriter, folk to metal and here I am, like, how do you have the confidence to get up stage, write your own music and be so vulnerable in front of an audience? So like, this is me. And that's kind of what got me to do it. That really was my pure inspiration to do Holy Wars or any music original. And then there was a moment where I met Alice Cooper on a show <laughs> and he heard me sing and he pretty much, he said like, are you a singer? What's your backstory? And just one conversation really was the confidence that I needed. He was like, you know, this business is crap. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it for my own children. However, you know, I see something in you and I feel like you're young enough, you know, go for it. But, and so he gave me some great advice that day and I never looked back. So that's like the whole spectrum. There's so much to unpack in there because <laughs> I love the fact that you got something good out of that relationship with the guy because he's obviously an ex, but at least, you know, it kind of got you as your gateway into having Yeah, music. Oh, he was so, and he was so not supportive of it either because I think he was very much like, it's my thing, you know? Right, so yeah. that little bit of spite or that need to prove myself definitely helped ignite it. I wouldn't say that's a healthy reason to start music. <laughs> You know, but it definitely gave me that kind of like, I don't know, fuck it mentality. So, right. Well, and then Alice Cooper, they had to give you a huge confidence having someone who's one of the biggest names in metal and like shock rock saying that you have something and to go for it. Absolutely. That one that was called Rock Band of the Stars it was like an old VH1 show. And I remember they saw me. I was I was cocktailing at a bar and we played this game rock band. They were scouting people and the casting director, she was like, oh, we'd love to have you on the show. And I was like, reality TV, like, no way, no way. I, I want nothing to do with it. And she said, it's no, it's, it's competitive. You don't sleep overnight. You don't stay in a house. It's more about just the game. So I got eliminated early enough on because, you know, I wasn't good at the game <laughs> as, a, you know, I wasn't really right for it. But in that short amount of time I was on there, you know, Alice Cooper heard me sing and yeah, he, he asked to speak to me and I never saw him since, but that was like, that was definitely such a life-changing moment, that, that exchange that we had. Well, one thing I really like about Holy Wars is that you guys don't really fit into any genre. You really have your own sound. So how would you describe your sound? It's, it's a blender, <laughs> that's for sure. Well, you know, the influences between me and Nick 
you know, I grew up, like I said, in theater and I was a huge Fiona Apple, Regina Spector fan. And Nick grew up in the punk scene in Las Vegas and he loves metal. So we like joined forces and it wasn't easy at first to figure out what I like or how this type of song would fit in my even vocal range or my tone and and you know the the metal riffs that he likes to do so it took it took some you know building but then I don't know I think it just I, I love I love punk music as well so I think over the years I got more comfortable I started to expand my knowledge of music that I wasn't, like I said, I went from the 50s all the way up and, you know, I'm finding bands like Refused and, you know, 90s punk and, and you know, so I felt like my knowledge and my love of it also expanded, but we also love hip hop and pop music and we write for TV and film a lot, which makes us kind of use these other type of genres that maybe we weren't initially experiencing early on in Holy Wars. But then as we started to do it and love it, whether we try to or not, it started to creep its way in, you know? So we're very multifaceted. And I just kind of say we're, we're genre bending. <laughs> it's like heavy alternative, I guess is what I would call it, because it's a bit heavier than what somebody would consider alternative, straight alternative music is. Sure. But it's, you know, some true metal fans would definitely have like, well, you know, this song's not too metal, you know, so we're not. We never really want to say we're one of anything just because we love all of it. And if we can craft a song that at the end of the day we love, it doesn't really matter what genre it lies in. It just it matters to us if we like it, you know. Yeah, I know that's true. Now tell me about how you met Nick and decided to form Holy Wars. So that was after Alice Cooper, because one of the things he said that day was take it from me, get a gimmick. And I was like, no, I was such like a tried and true, like, I don't want a gimmick, which really looking back, what he was saying is like an image or brand. And if you want to be more shocking, of course, go for it. But whatever it is, be clear and cohesive. And I didn't take that advice, but I did take the <laughs> advice where he did say to form a band. And at that point, I was just writing sad, you know, piano music in my bedroom, very much on the Fiona Apple, Regina Spector, Tori Amos world. And it was scary to me to collaborate, but I put out an ad at MI. Uh, I had some friends that were alumni there. Nick was just graduating there. And he was, after being a jazz musician and a guitarist for hire, I think he was really craving being in a band again, because that's what he grew up in, in the punk scene, in a hardcore and punk scene in Vegas. So I definitely wasn't that band that he responded to. But there was something about the music I created myself. And I think he just saw potential in it, even though I was very green and I knew nothing about collaborating. And through the years, you know, we, we crafted so much music that, you know, probably will never, nobody will ever hear. And we had another project before this one, but then eventually that came to a screeching halt when my parents passed away in 2015. And I stopped music entirely. And, you know, he was always there by my side kind of trying to help me grow through the grief, you know, and, and he just was like, well, maybe if you just start writing music again, that'll help you heal. And then it would be two years later that we wrote this music that started Holy Wars and I didn't even want it to be a band, but it kind of just became that way. You know, uh, we had an opportunity to do a show and we weren't ready for it, but we wrote a body of music 
to fit a 30 minute set. We only had two songs that I wrote for grieving and then the rest we had to fill a set. And we did. And at the Echoplex in Los Angeles was that very first show. And we played to a bunch of people that never heard of us. And they just responded in such an incredible way that we never even saw prior in our previous work. So it was like, it was that moment that we were like, I think we have something here that is healing me, but maybe it could help others. And then we just kept going from there. Wow. Well, I'm sorry about your parents. Do you feel like doing this music, even though it was two years later, that it did kind of help you get through that grieving process to have, you know, a focus? Absolutely. You know, looking back, because it's been quite a few years now, the grief is, you know, I don't feel like it ever is like, oh, I'm done grieving. Everything. Yeah, me too. 100%. Yeah. Right. You know, you're you just kind of it just transforms and you find space for other things to make you happy. But you still always feel that that like, okay, I'm going to get through another day and you and yeah. you question everything, you know, at least I did, you know, but um, it definitely helps. Uh, and in many ways, I think it kind of became a distraction to the point where I think I got so I don't want to deal with this dark thing in the corner. So I'm just going to keep moving this way, even though a lot of what I sing about is about this dark thing. But I think I, I've, I have the struggle now of not making it so much of a distraction that I completely forget that life I had before this. And I think that's where I'm at now in my life is trying to hold space for that loss still and remember my parents and always honor them versus just like, yeah, 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 I'll deal with that later. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, it's beautiful. Are you, you and Nick are a couple, right? We are. Yeah. We don't okay. hide it. We don't put it out there in the music out. But in 2014 is when we started dating and it was a very cliche thing, you know, on tour, we were like, oh, hey. And then a year later, <laughs> my parents passed. So he kind of got, even though we had, we had built a friendship of four years before that, making music together, playing around town. But yeah, he definitely, he came in a year before the biggest change in my life would happen. And it made us stronger, which was incredible because it would have given anybody the opportunity. I even gave him an opportunity. I was like, you know, you don't owe me anything. You can, <laughs> you can go. And he was like, you're my family. Like you're in this, I'm in this. And then we're here till this day. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. What is it like making music with your significant other? Is it a challenge or is it amazing compared to working with someone who you aren't with? Well, I think it's amazing. I think we'll always have an advantage because we have so much care for each other and we know so much of the history of each other and we have so much respect that there's no ego and there's no me trying to get my say or his say or, you know, in fact, I tell him more like more guitar solos and more go crazier with the production because I just am so proud of him and I want him to shine as much as maybe the vocalist may shine in some projects, you know, for some people, but you know, he's, he's brilliant. And he gives me that same support. The challenge of it though, is we have to always remember that music isn't everything, even though it's completely consumed our lives. And I'm just as much of a workaholic as he is because he was from the days of locking himself in his bedroom at 10 years old, playing guitar all day and night until, you know, coming out for food and going back, you know, so he just, he's always been that kind of person. And I've, I've been that person. And at the same time, trying to distract myself from grief. So it's, it's really helpful. But at the same time, we're both very conscious of the fact that 
we don't want to lose ourselves completely in this work, work, work mentality. So that's the downside. The plus side is, though, is this this deep love we have for each other, which I believe goes into the music. No, that's beautiful. And you guys actually recently released a track called Body Temple, which I really dig. It's super heavy, but like the vocals are melodic and kind of, you know, punky. So would you say it's a little heavier than a lot of your stuff? Oh, definitely. And I think it's kind of showing where we're heading, you know, like this is the turning point for us. So that one too, I love that it's got me singing a melody again, because Eat It Up, Spit It Out was a lot more punky riot girl feel, um, as I called that album, uh, Fisher Price Riot Rock, where we're saying a lot of (laughs) heavy things about our society or mental health, but we're packaging it in like a (laughs) easy digestible (laughs) way. But the turning point for us now is once we started touring in 2021 as Holy Wars, we started to see a lot of fans come out, whether they, uh, most of them didn't even know us because we were opening for the headliners. And the con- the common thing was always, yeah, I checked out you guys' music and I was interested to see your, your set, but man, live, you guys are heavy, you're aggressive, like you go so hard, but your music doesn't sound like that on the recording. And that really didn't go lost on us, you know, because we're always we're always growing and learning and we never think we know everything ever. <laughs> so at that <laughs> point, Nick and I were like, wow, there is a disconnect, isn't it? Like, why do we go heavier? And why am I throwing myself and getting circle pits? <laughs> and, you know, why am I doing all that? Why is that in me? So we decided to take the music that best represents what we do live, because live is our number one favorite thing. And we don't want to stop touring. So we really want to bridge that gap between what we sound like on the recording and what the live show represents. I don't know if we've done it yet, but we're heading there. And I think Body Temple is definitely that turning point for us. I love it. I think it's great. I think it totally fits you guys. And it's such a catchy song, but super heavy. I feel like it can appeal to a lot of different people. Yeah, thank you. I mean, that's that. That's what I'd like. You know, you, you write music for yourself, hopefully first, and then you put it out there and you hope somebody likes it. But you also have to be very aware that it's not for everybody, you know? So a song like that, that I think can cast a little bit of a wider net, I think is special. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So I want to talk about how you do have this background in costume design. How does that come in handy with all of your musical projects? Because kind of like you mentioned, Alice Cooper gave you the advice to have a gimmick, meaning more maybe an image. Has that helped you be like, okay, I'm going to, you know, fashion this, this certain look or that sort of thing? Yeah. You know, I always, I don't like to be limited, but budget is always limiting. And sometimes, you know, I'll have this vision of what I want or I'll see something on Pinterest and I'm like, okay, well, I can't do that because it's been done. But how can I do something that I'm inspired by that is so different that also I can afford? And I realized you got to do it yourself. Like literally in the end, you just (laughs) got to find the products and 
you know, I remember there's in Deus Es Machina, which was our first uh, single release of the off the label. I wanted like this dinosaur, like spiky metallic harness. And I had no idea how to make it. So I just got spatulas from the dollar store. I got a chain for your snow tires for a car. I found extra chain. Um, I got epoxy and I put it all together and bedazzled the fuck out of it. And that was kind of like, so I feel like I never really know what I'm going to make. And each time it's something different. And I don't, you know, and so I do source out some products too. Like there's this company that I'm like, I love what you do. And I don't even want to try to do something like this. And I just want to have you on this. But most of the time, it's because of budget, really, it's the limitations. But I also just love creating things, you know, outside of music, I'll just I'll zone in for hours, and I just lose sleep, because I'm just so into the the process of making something from scratch. And some projects are like, a Monet, where like from afar, it's very nice. <laughs> but then you, you get up close and you see all the thread issues and the lines, oh, are yeah. like, <laughs> you know, I'm but a painter. So yeah, I know what you mean. As a painter, I'll be like, Oh, this looks great. And then I look super close. I'm like, Ooh, there's, you know, some of the canvas is sticking out. And <laughs> right. Yeah. But I also love the flaws. And that's the thing that in music, in life, I never like to be ashamed of something I don't know how to do perfectly. And in fact, I'll find something that I love about that, you know, that because I'm never trying to be a costume designer, I'm never trying to resell any of these products. But when it's for yourself, I think it's really good to embrace the fact that, you know, you have a canvas flub or, you know, I have a line that, you know, it makes it quirky. So I, I don't ever, I'm never ashamed of that. That's a really good point. I love that. Beauty and yeah. the imperfections. Yeah. I mean, perfect. Is that it's even boring. real? I don't even think perfect. Exactly. It's not. It's AI. <laughs> it's AI. And so you have another day because I have all my thoughts on that. Right. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> terrifying. I'll just leave it at that. AI is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. It is terrifying. Yeah. So let's see, you've been in the music business for a while now. I'm wondering, you haven't been in for decades or anything like that. Some of the women I talked to have been in the industry, you know, since the 70s or 80s. In the time that you have been in the industry, have you noticed a change in the number of women? Like, are there more women now when you're out touring and stuff like that than when you started? Yeah, I do believe so especially in the rock world. I would see a lot more, and maybe it's still the case, you know, but I would see a lot more male-fronted bands on festivals and, and, and why, you know, I can't really comment fully on the history of that. Is it because more, more, band, more males are attracted to that genre and that's why there's more of it? Or is it because there hasn't been enough room for women and they just stayed away from it? You know, I don't know, but I do like to see that it's changing. I'm seeing a lot more female-fronted acts and, and queer and, you know, people of color on these bills that maybe might have not have been the, the case when I was growing up and looking at these festivals and these lineups, because I certainly didn't think there was room for me. And I didn't know why. And, and I and I take that more on myself that I didn't have the confidence. But yeah, I think and, and also in the industry behind the scenes, you know, we have more women on our team than men. And it's not because we chose that, but it is because it happened that way. And they are great. So I don't know. I feel like times are changing, but there's still so much further we need to go. But we're on our way, hopefully. 
Yeah. Did you feel accepted right away as a woman in heavy music? No, I did not. And I remember I was doing kind of like a battle of the bands thing before this band. Cause like I said, you know, we, we did a few things around town and I remember we had a street team of friends that would just hand out flyers and we were doing sunset strip music festival. So I don't even know if you know that one. It was, it's like RIP. It's, it hasn't been around for a minute, but we were on the Lincoln park one. And we got this crazy opportunity to do it at like 1 PM at the Roxy on sunset strip. And I remember a friend of mine told me that she handed this guy a flyer and he, she said, Oh, come, my, my, uh, this band's on next. You should definitely check them out. And he was like, oh, what's their story? And she was like, oh, well, she's a, you know, and he said, oh, she? And and he, she was like, yeah, uh, it's a female fronted rock band. And he was like, oh, I don't like female fronted rock. No. And he like ripped it up and threw it out. And I met, and that was a long time ago. So that was like my first experience of that. But then, you know, through the years, I've met a lot of people that men and women that have said, you know, I usually don't like female fronted bands, but I loved you guys, or I'm loving it now. And I think there was a lot less of, you know, they only really compared you to Paramore or Evanescence of that time. And now they have a lot more artists that are amazing that they can pull from to say, oh, you remind me of this and that. And even if I don't think we sound like any of them, but the fact is there's more of, there's more people, more women that they're pulling from that they respect. And I think that wasn't the case 10 years ago, but it is now. But yeah, I, I, I do feel uh, I have personally experienced that kind of misogynistic attitude. I wouldn't say it's everybody. I think it's a minority of opinion, but it's out there for sure. Yeah, no, I understand. I feel like that is apparent, not just in music too, just in life. I mean, just getting a normal job, sometimes you're going to run into that. And like you said, it's not the majority, but still it's something women have to struggle with. We have to push back, you know, I'll, I'll even, uh, what happened recently where a guy, oh yeah, a guy complimented my hair at the bank and he was like, oh, I like your hair. And I said, oh, thank you. And he was like, that's not, that's not a me too. Don't me too me. And I was like, bro, like calm down. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Take a compliment. But, you know, I feel like now some people are scared, you know, I don't know, but I think, so maybe they have an opinion, but they're scared to say it. I don't know. But I do think, you know, you kind of it has to get a little dark for a second for the light to come in. And I think nowadays with technology and information being so fastly spread that it's different than 10 years ago, you know, where a woman can come out and say, I have experienced an injustice here and there will be a team of people coming around and supporting that. But there will also be the opposite of that, trying to break that down. So I think the struggle is always going to be there in some form. But like I said, I do think it's, hopefully growing into a minority and not the majority of opinion. Yeah, it's well stated. What advice do you have for young women who, you know, look at you and say, oh, I want to do that. I want to be her. Like, what what advice would you have? I, you know, I get this a lot from young women, actually, across these tours. They always say confidence. They always like, oh, you're so confident up there. I I don't know how, how, you know, how to do that. And I always tell them, I literally was exactly what you said to me is how I felt. And I don't think, I don't know. I feel like it's take confidence out because it's such like this, like this mask that you put on. Like, I'm going to be confident today. Zoop, I'm a confident person now. I don't think it's real. But if you look at everything you do in your life with purpose and you're not scared to show yourself, I think that is confidence. That's bravery. And 
our very first show that we went out there that at Echoplex, I remember I said to myself, fuck it. Cause everything I experienced, everything I experienced tonight is not going to be anything as much as what I had just experienced losing my parents two years ago. So why am I scared of this person's opinion of me? And so I can't say it's confidence, but just if you see a brick wall, break through it, you know, like don't let somebody's opinion of you make you feel like that is true because it's your opinion of you. That's the truth. And that opinion of yourself is, is, is a constant journey. Like you're never going to sit. Like I said, like today I feel confident tomorrow. I'm going to feel super insecure. It's a constant, you know, ebb and flow. But if you always look at yourself as like in the end, kind of nihilistically, nothing really matters, then just go for it, you know, and know you're going to make mistakes and know you're going to fall on your face. But those like those moments keep building that that story of yours. And then eventually you're going to look back at who you were five years ago and say, wow, that that poor girl was so insecure. And if only she could have known at that time what she has ahead of her, you know, if you allow it. Yeah, that's great. I totally agree. Well, Kat from Holy Wars, it's been so fun hanging out with you. Thanks for your time. And what can we expect for you guys in the coming year? Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, we are dropping our EP called Classic on November 10th. And then, yeah, the rest of the year, we're going to be writing our album for next year. So we have a lot of music coming and some tours next year as well. So keep up with us and we'll see you soon. Kat from Holy Wars, thanks for being a great guest on Beyond the Boys Club. I think my favorite story from that whole conversation was Alice Cooper and how she felt like maybe she did not have the confidence, that little extra push that she needed to pursue music until he gave her that advice and said, I really think that you have what it takes. I can only imagine as a young artist who's kind of teetering between go for it, should I just not you know it's the music industry is a tough business obviously but for her to be in that point and then to have Alice Cooper one of the biggest names in all of metal music to say hey you have something I see something in you and I think that you should pursue this I mean I can see why that made her feel very confident about it and on a darker note I was blown away by that story about how early on she was performing and her friend handed out the flyer with her performance and the guy said, oh, I don't like female fronted bands. Man, I hope that mentality isn't around anymore. I really feel like, you know, I've been doing this for several years at this point, the column, but even before then, I've noticed a change in the past 10 years, whereas maybe that's something I would have heard more regularly 10 years ago, but I don't hear it as much now. So. I don't know, I'm just hoping that that mentality isn't around, but the fact that the guy just flat out said to her friend, oh no, it's a woman, I'm gonna write this band off and I don't wanna check them out. That was crazy, that baffled me, but it's really cool that Kat, you know, looked at the broader picture and she just forged ahead because now she's obviously doing awesome. Well, thank you for rocking with me for another great episode of Beyond the Boys Club on the Consequence Podcast Network. Until next time, keep rocking.